We are now talking travel. Sally Lucas, off to a very exciting destination. We certainly are, Jane, and today we're very lucky to have Karen on board with us from Helen Wong's Tours. And, of course, Helen is renowned for her journeys into China, uh, which she started some years ago. So I'll introduce you to Karen initially, and she can just tell us a little bit about Helen Wong's Tours and the style of touring that they do and how Helen started the company. Why China? Yes, why, why did she start with China? Well, basically, um, Helen came from Hong Kong many, many years ago to Australia, and um, she went to China when she was quite young, and she always had this passion to show the rest of the world, particularly Australians, about China. And she started her company 25 years ago, and she was actually the first person that brought China to the Australian market 25 years ago. And um, ever since then, obviously, the company has grown to be the company it is now. And we predominantly do coach tours, but we can also do um, anybody's you know, wish for a private tour and independent tour as well. So the sort of areas you visit is what we're sort of, I guess we like to let people know where you go and, and yeah. what you do. So yeah. do you cover the whole range of China, like going we, right up into the northwest to Urumqi and so on and, and down to can. the south? We can. Yeah, we so can. you cover all areas? Yeah, uh, but I have to be honest, most people still have only sort of got their heads around Chengdu, Xi'an, the Terracotta Warriors, uh, Shanghai, Beijing, and um, recently, with all the river cruising that's become so popular, the Yangtze River cruising has been, you know, has become uh, very, very popular, and that's something that we do, and I think do very, very well as well. Um, now we've just got to talk about the cruising now. So can we just talk about the actual cruising and what's yep. available on, on the cruisings, yep. and yep. More, more sort of if we can about those destinations and what is available? Yeah. Well, basically, we cruise on the Yangtze River. And uh, we use a beautiful ship called the Victoria Cruise Line Jenna. I think it's important for people to realise that the sort of product that we have is very much uh, catering for uh, Western-style accommodation. And we use a beautiful ship called the Victoria Jenna, and she cruises between Chongqing and Zhejiang, which is that area that people are really interested in, with the beautiful gorges um, and the amazing scenery. We go to see the beautiful... Um, dam at Zhejiang, which is the most, you know, t- well, discussed dam because mm-hmm. they built it not that long ago. And we go through the beautiful locks there and, and the scenery is phenomenal. And the, the sort of, sorry. Sorry, and the sort of things people can experience. I mean, I guess people do know we've got the Great Wall in, in, in Beijing or yeah. just outside of Beijing. Yeah. But just to refresh people, I think, on what there is to see and do in China yeah. is what we really want to yeah. sort of let them know. Yeah. So, I mean, we've still got the hutongs. So you can get to yes. those little alleyways yes. where they can still experience the Chinese yeah. dumplings and do all that sort yeah. of thing. Um, we've got the Forbidden City, of course. Yeah. And you, there's so much you can see and do in China, Tiananmen Square, etc. So I mean, it's a huge city now, of course, with millions of bicycles and yes. all that sort of There's thing. There's more than nine million bicycles. Whereas when I first went in the 70s, there were, there were bicycles, of course, but there were virtually no cars. So yeah. that's how much yeah. it's changed since the 80s, yeah. which isn't that long ago when you come to think about it, yeah. how China has evolved and how it has changed. And Shanghai, of course, is now a very modern city. Yes. Um, whereas when I went again, it, it was still a very old 
old city yeah, and yeah. I look at it now and I see the skyscrapers and the tall buildings. I think, wow. It's in New York or Asia. It is. And I can't yeah. believe that it's the same Shanghai that I yeah. went to many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, Siam we mentioned. And I think everyone is enamored of the terracotta warriors. Yes. And I think once you go there and just see it and realize that they're still unearthing these warriors and how far away from the actual tomb yes. they, they yeah. are scattered to, to protect the emperor, you know. Well, the, the thing with the terracotta warriors is I think people uh, possibly don't know, but the emperor, she was obviously mm. the main emperor of the whole of China, but all the other um, areas of China were actually their own little states, mm. and he was the main guy for, the, for all of them. So he's like the... Prime Minister, if I can put that's that, right. or the Emperor, basically. It, well, he was, and he was yeah. very important. And the yeah. other thing that got me with the terracotta warrior is that no one warrior is the same. That's right. So when he died and took all his mm. belongings and all his concubines mm. with him, he got his workers to basically copy his whole army. So when you go there, and as you said, they're still mm. uncovering new ones. Every horse is different, mm. every warrior is different, and it is phenomenal it is, isn't it? Yeah. And the other things you can do in China, of course, you can do the wonderful theatre. Yes. Of yeah, course, which yeah. is quite an experience if you've not done a, a Chinese opera yeah. or, or theatre yes. presentation. And you can do that too in Xi'an and, and Beijing and yes. there's various options yeah. to do that as well, isn't there? I think Cirque du Soleil was actually invented in China because the acrobatics yes. that they do is just phenomenal. And that's why it's really important also when you go to China that you have you know, plenty of time and plenty of mm. rest time as well because it's quite a country that's well I have to be honest it's in your face I was going to say know, it's confronting it's very confronting for people and mm. um, that's why you know uh, you know we tend to have four or five nights in Beijing because yes. you need that time to get mm. over all the um, yes you know the 27 million car look it's funny um, even since I started going there the population was when I first went to Beijing was 25 million mm. and within what two years now there are 30 million people so it's quite a it's unbelievable when you think yeah. our whole country is only about yeah. 22 23 yeah. million so yeah. anyway Karen this has been great but we're going to talk more about China in our next segment we might talk about some of those remote areas as well just Absolutely. so people get to know that there is more to China than just the cities and the pandas now, we are talking travel Sally Lucas we certainly are, Jane, and as I said, we've got Karen here with us today, and we are talking about now maybe some of the food of China. What do we think? I mean, we always like talking about food on this station. <laughs> well, we it's lunchtime, it? Well, it is lunchtime. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's sort of get everyone with the appetites going now. Okay. Well, there is, I mean, depending on where you are in China, north or south, um, there are obviously your dumplings, and more, more north you get more of the really wheaty, bready, Pastas. Mm. I have to remind your listeners that pasta was actually invented in China, not in Italy. I know that. <laughs> I do know that. And it was taken across when they did the Silk Route and that, brought to Italy, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think actually possibly a lot of things that we use and eat and everything was invented in China. But anyway. Even ice cream, I believe. I think so too, yeah. <laughs> but um, of course, um, the dumplings are famous, but also... Uh, where we were talking about before when you go to the Sichuan region, which mm-hmm. is actually very much an area you go to when you go to Xi'an and also Chengdu to see the pandas, which mm-hmm. we still have to talk about. Uh, but the Sichuan food is just absolutely phenomenally. It's spicy. Um, it's challenging. Um, as I was just saying before, mm-hmm. I was there not so long ago, and I tried these little flowers, and they were like... Um, seeds that made my tongue go numb. Um, <laughs> and it really is uh, an amazing array of um, area, you know, of food. And yes. the Sichuan food is something that a lot of people are familiar with, but they probably don't know that, that it's actually very much 
an area where you do travel through when you go to Xi'an or Chengdu, as we said, or when you do the Yangtze River cruises as well. Of course. And as we said, the weather and food varies between all these provinces too. Mm. And because China being such a huge country when you yeah. look at it, um, you know, you've got the, the east, the north, the west and the south, and they've all got their own particular yes. climates. But yeah. uh, as we discussed off air, Karen, probably the best time to go is that lovely spring. April, May. Time. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of your... Your listeners are probably aware that, um, you know, uh, both China and, uh, sorry, Beijing and, and Shanghai can be quite polluted, particularly in June, July, and it's quite, can be very, very hot of course. Uh, and humid. Um, so we also encourage people to travel possibly September, October, October. November. Mm. I was there in November and it was just beautiful, clear, bright skies. April is mm. fantastic because you get that spring. Yes. Cherry blossoms. Yes. You which do is get lovely. cherry blossoms. Yes. Um, so it's those two seasons are the, the times that we really recommend yeah. people to go. And I can remember when one of the staff from our office went and came back with photos, the forests, you know, you don't yeah. think of China with forests, no. you know, do we? We, yeah. we think of cities and we do think of the Yangtze River, but the, the forests were amazing. Yeah. And even many years ago when I went to Urumqi, mm. we went out to watch um, a horse race mm. uh, done by the, the native people from that Xinjiang Autonomous Region and the most beautiful pine forests and lakes. Yeah. And people don't conjure that no. up in their mind, I don't think, that you have got this diversity and then you go to Don Wang, which is in the Gobi Desert. Yeah. And then you can yep. ride on a camel and, you know, in the, here you are in the desert and, and Turfan is the second lowest place after the Dead Sea. And they've got this amazing wells and Kerez, they call them, where they go down and across and down and across and down and across till they find water. And they've done this for centuries and they grow watermelons and grapes and it's the middle of the desert. I think amazing. possibly what people don't um, realise is the... Uh, the the minority groups that are mm. in China, you know, China is not all Chinese, and what we think about Chinese, it's actually a lot of different varied population, and you know, Mongolians, Tibetans, that's um, right, all of it, you know, and of course, um, people yes. in Hong Kong and the Cantonese that we think about as well. That's right, which we tend to think of as the majority, but yes. it's but most interesting if people are thinking of China that to, just to consider, I think, taking in some of these remote areas because yeah. it is life as it has always been lived in China. It yep. hasn't changed all that much. I totally agree. And, you know, the cities, well, they're cities, of course, and there are things that are very historical to still see in those cities. Mm. But I think China deserves a little bit more time spent in the countryside areas. And that is definitely happening now, and particularly when, you know, people have seen Beijing and walked on the Great Wall of China, which yes. is, I have to say, amazing. It is. I mean, you think um, it's one of the only natural wonders, isn't it, Jane? Yes. I think that you can still see from outer space. Yes. One of the few. Yes, or, you anyway. can. Yes. You so can. It, when you yeah. think about that, you, it is amazing, yeah. even though many lives were lost in the building of it. But as was Hadrian's Wall, the same thing happened there in the exactly. UK, didn't it? Exactly. But these were built to, to keep out the foreigners, I guess, yeah. and it was yeah. just what was done in those days. And, it and is a quick amazing. word now, how about the pandas? Oh, the yes, pandas, a quick word about the pandas. We keep talking about that. <gasps> Quickly. Now, in Chengdu, you go and see, they have the very famous panda research station, and actually we include that on our tours because Helen's actually sponsored a panda and Carly for 25 years now, and uh, when we go on our tours, you get to see the beautiful pandas because the, the good thing about the panda research station is that you actually can see them there almost like what they are in the wild. Mm -hmm. There are mountains around there where they are wild and mm -hmm. people do tend to go there for walking tours. But if you really want to see pandas, you have to go to the research Fantastic. station in Chengdu 
and they are beautiful animals. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Thank you for coming on board with us today, Karen. No, thank and you. as I said, you know, you may come back another time to talk about your other destination, which is Vietnam. So we hopefully might have you back in the I'd near like future. To. It's always fun to talk travel. Yes. Sally Lucas will do it again next week. Thank you, Jane. After the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.